Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged. With me, Ellie Duncan, Head of Content at Open Banking Expo. I'll be steering the conversation and today I'm joined by Matt Parrish, Senior Product Manager at TrueLayer, which is an open banking platform. Can you start by explaining your role at TrueLayer, what that involves? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am Recurring Payments Lead at TrueLayer, and that that involves looking at everything related to variable recurring payments in the UK. So if you don't know what what VRP is or variable recurring payments, we'll probably call it VRP from here on in, I guess. Um, It's a new payment method that's being released as part of the open banking standard throughout 2022. And in my opinion, it's the the best way to do recurring payments. So I'm looking at this from a from the from the perspective of both sweeping and non-sweeping use cases and trying to get variable recurring payments into the hands of as many of TrueLayer's customers and future customers uh, and merchants across the world as, as we possibly can. So yeah, that's that's my role at TrueLayer. Great. And uh, when you talk about sweeping, perhaps you can also just clarify to any listeners that aren't sure what that is. Uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So when I say sweeping, I think the easiest way to understand sweeping is me-to-me payments. So if you're if you're making a payment to your own account, uh, that counts as sweeping. And the important thing to bear in mind here is that open banking's origination is all about competition in retail banking. So CMA has said that sweeping, which is moving money between your own accounts, needs to be enabled for free and made available to PISPs as part of the open banking competition remedy that was outlined in the mid, mid-2010s, 2016, 2017, somewhere around then. Um, but the, the CMA hasn't said that VRP needs to be made available to uh, me-to-be use cases. So, yeah, easiest way of understanding it. If you're paying yourself, sweeping is free and it will be available next year. If you're paying someone else, sweeping is not free to PISPs and will be made available on a contractual basis as and when PISPs agree deals with uh, the CMA CMA nine banks or other banks, but mainly the CMA nine. Okay, so um, and that I guess was the the context for a lot of the discussion actually at the Open Banking Expo event in November in London. And uh, when I spoke to you there, Matt, uh, you predicted that 2022 will be the year of the VRP. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we know obviously that the, the Competition and Markets Authority has uh, mandated VRPs for sweeping with a deadline of January 2022. So uh, how can the industry make sure that all this kind of momentum is is maintained? I think, you know, the the most important thing that we all do is is concentrate on getting getting this over the line you know getting the first sweeping apis and sweeping transactions happening even as a as a minimum minimum set of functionality the the ability to create a vrp consent and execute a a vrp payment against that consent once that's out there in the real world you know that is the most important functionality um we will we will really start developing that out and building on that um, on that momentum, and you know that that momentum will build as as the first consumers start using it, 
as you know our, our customers start using it and and i'm you know i'm really looking forward to starting to build on it because uh because that that is, you know that is that is all that it's about you know we shouldn't be we shouldn't be fiddling with definitions we shouldn't be thinking about changing anything related to sweeping or, or you know if we change anything to do with sweeping we, we need to go back to a consultation with the cma we don't really want that to happen it should just be released as soon as possible that's where we that's where we're at so on that note then um what sort of value will sweeping bring for for merchants and consumers because i think that that's what people really want to know isn't it at the, at the end of the day yeah so um sweeping for merchants unfortunately you know i, I wish that sweeping would bring value for merchants it probably won't but when we think about consumers, um, the, the the you know every I think an open banking impact report in 2017 2018 came out and said every adult in the United Kingdom could save at least a hundred pounds with open banking sweeping related propositions per year, and you know that that is you know that is is really simple. Sweeping is a way of automating your money management and. Uh, making sure that you are always getting the best deal for your money at any given time. And I think that we've seen apps like Plum and Chip become really successful, but uh, not really break through to the mainstream because they're using quite you know, an antiquated payment method. And people are confused by the fact that once you make a payment into Plum or Chip, it takes about three or three, it takes three or four days for it to arrive over the direct debit rails. Uh, once we get to a point where that all of that is completely instant, consumers will start a start seeing more value for their money because there will be more days of the year where their their money is in the right account and working for them, and uh, there'll be less confusion around how exactly this works with with direct debits. So I think that that value to consumers of um, you know increased improved personal financial management is, is going to be really massive. Uh, now, merchants, on the other hand, the the big value is transparency, in my view. There's never been a payment method that's as transparent as a VRP payment would be to a uh, to a merchant. Because when you, you know, when you when you set up a card payment, you essentially just give your credit card details to anyone over the internet, and uh, you don't know you don't know the total number of people you've given your card details to you don't know who has them saved you don't necessarily know if you if you receive a a, a you know a payment that goes on your account that just says bill or payment you don't necessarily know which merchant that payment actually relates to with vrp you know exactly who you've authorized to take money from your bank account you know exactly how much they can take you know exactly when they can take it and that is uh that's really big. That transparency, I think, is just really, really huge. And I think, you know, I've, I've not sure that the OBIE have released this study. Uh, I think I've, I've heard the OBIE did a study of 10,000 payment service users and assessed their their reaction to, to a VRP payment versus a card payment. And uh, I really, really want to see those those results published because it, it was apparently massively in favor of of vrp payments the transparency the fact that you're redirected to a trusted environment in your bank 
the fact that you're told exactly what a merchant can take, I think it's it's destined for massive consumer adoption just because of how clear it is. Yeah, it would be really fascinating to see the results of that report. Hopefully that's something they'll, they'll release soon. Um, and then, uh, so obviously we've got all this um, kind of great technology and uh, we've got the, the mandate. So uh, obviously there's lots of opportunities here, but do you think the industry sort of needs to come up with some really compelling kind of use cases so that end users really understand um, what this is, what, what's in it for them really? Fintech in the UK is, is full of interesting and compelling use cases. And I think that there is an inevitability of when this comes around, innovative and compelling use cases will um, will make themselves known. So, you know, as a as a fintech industry, I'm immensely proud to be part of the, the fintech community in Britain. And I'm I think that, you know, it's it's, it's not necessarily a need because VRP, you know, the the there are plenty of applications out there already that have been looking for sweeping as a payment method you know some 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 big ones are our customers um but also there are hundreds and hundreds of potential founders out there who've always said i'd love to do this but card on file payments are too expensive or direct debit payments are too clunky for me to actually get this idea off the ground um so there's an inevitability more than a need that uh, I think the, the industry will, will come along. And um, and then what are the sort of the opportunities for for, for the banks and, and fintechs then? Because obviously the CMA9 are being mandated. Um, uh, so obviously they've got to, I, I guess, work out how they're going to build some of the kind of technology or the ledgers that are required to, to deliver this, haven't they? Is there the opportunity here maybe for more partnerships? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on a on a kind of nerdy vein, a concept I've always liked about, about open banking is um, related to market structure in financial services. So when you think about contemporary market structure in retail banking, um, you have producers and distributors and the people who produce money and the people who distribute money are the same entity. They're banks. So banks produce money by taking the deposit that you give them, multiplying it by about four and lending it some lending it to someone else. So that in a you know through in a mortgage or a standard business loan. They also distribute money by giving you an app, giving you a debit card or a credit card, uh, and helping you to understand that that and having that producer and distributor in the same entity is isn't a market structure that exists in many other places for example you know dole grows pineapples dole sells pineapples to a middleman the middleman sells pineapples to the supermarket and you buy the pineapples from the supermarket and the supermarket is much better at selling you a pineapple than Dole is. And um, I think that split in financial services, where you know we've already seen it in in we've already seen it in kind of wealth management markets, where you have a producer of financial services in is in like Vanguard, and then a distributor of a financial services a financial service like Hargreaves Landau. But in retail banking, it hasn't really happened yet. And um, 
in five years, it would be great to see someone start an app like Monzo that actually isn't a bank, an app that gives you access to the payment rails via an external banking service, which could be one of the CMA9. So to me, the, the real opportunity is for the CMA9 to get better at, at net interest margin lending, the production of money, or for the CMA9 to get better at the distribution of money, the, the apps, credit cards, portfolio type type products. And I think that split in the market incentivizes both parties to do the right thing more often. Um, and there will absolutely be a huge amount of collaboration between banks and fintechs in in that circumstance. Because, you know, when you think about the the way that you interact with money and the way that you store your money, you can, in that kind of modular ecosystem, you can just unplug your bank and plug a different bank in to the front end that you already have. Or you can say unplug the front end and plug it into a different one and and treat these two things that are incredibly different businesses as different businesses. So I think that's kind of the direction that open banking has always been going in. And VRP is an essential part of making that happen over the long term. Along with other things like the open banking standard itself could be massively improved by you know, webhooks, by um, you know, getting rid of the ninety-day authentication lifecycle, which is which is being removed by f- asking banks to to return merchant category codes in their uh, transaction feeds. That would be fantastic. Mandating that part as part of the uh, as part of the OB spec. Baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. And um, perhaps going back to to I guess some of the the idea of these use cases what what they're actually gonna what vrps for example are, are gonna help consumers do i mean there's they're obviously gonna gonna help consumers pay for both kind of regular kind of payments aren't they like subscriptions or annual monthly whatever it is payments and also slightly more um irregular payments if you like so can you explain kind of how and why um they kind of help consumers especially with these sort of regular payments that we have set up that we might pay, use to pay, you know, direct debits at the moment? Yeah, so, you know, the the real structure of a VRP mandate just says you can, as a PISP, you can take a payment of up to X amount of pounds uh, and up to X amount of pounds per time period. So making that real, you can take a payment of up to £100 and up to £1,000 per month. So... That really makes it that really liberalizes things for PISPs and essentially says we can we can offer something that that schedules payments automatically and puts them through on a on a regular basis. So if you decide to 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 save two hundred pounds a month into your chip plum or trading two on two account, that makes it really simple for you to set up a mandate that says, hey, you're you know, you're allowed to take £200 in one payment and £200 per month, and that's all you're allowed to take. And um, it gives you that control over the subscription. But alongside that, if you authorised, for example, you're allowed to take £200 per payment and then £250 per month, the application could look at your balance and say, actually, you have more money left at the end of this month. You're going to save 250 or you're going to save an extra £50 a week here. because 
you can do both the schedule payments and the ad hoc random payment with no more work. So we talked there about obviously VRPs and how they're kind of changing the way that consumers kind of manage their money, especially paying for things like subscriptions. Um, but what are actually the benefits for consumers? Because obviously over the past year, um, consumers have seen their circumstances quite, change quite drastically uh, financially. So how are VRPs, VRPs going to help them take control a bit more of, of their direct debits, their kind of outgoings? Yeah, so the 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 key innovation that that VRP brings in this space is what we'd call a consent and access dashboard. It's a really incredibly wonderful phrase, but essentially what it means is you log into your bank's app and you'll see a list of all of the VRP VRP mandates you've authorized along with the details of that mandate. So if for example, you know, you're an individual who perhaps loses, you know, loses their job or falls on harder times, or is even just paying for a subscription that they don't really want anymore, um, you can go into your bank's app and remove that VRP mandate without having an impact on on any of your other services, like you, you know, like you would if you revoked your card details and got a new card. So it just you just make things really simple where you can go in, you can decide to stop, you know, stop paying two hundred pounds a month to your ISA. You can decide to stop paying. £10 a month to Netflix, but you can maintain those essential utility payments that keep going through. Finally, then, I just wanted to to find out from you um, what the opportunity here is for for the UK to get ahead in the open payment space and and to really make its mark, because it it does seem like the UK is, is, um, well, it's been at the forefront of of open banking, but there is this real opportunity, isn't there, in in payments now? Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think the the UK has always been at the forefront of payments innovation. And that's just been about helping everyone who lives in the UK to lose less money on fulfilling the, the daily necessities and operations of human life. Whether that's introducing instant payments in faster payments, you know, which isn't something that is available in the US or the EU mostly. Or it's you know, introducing direct debits as a as a first example, or or open banking as a first example, or even the current account switch service as an example. You know, this this is really being, you know, the mark that this is making is making everyone and everyone's life in this country better. Monzo me ten pounds wouldn't work without fifty years of work from regulators and people putting putting open banking in place yeah well matt thank you so much for joining me on the podcast to, to talk all about the rps and sweeping and the opportunities therein i think um as you say it's only something i'm sure we're going to be talking about more and more next year as as as, as it kind of gradually rolls out and um kind of comes to fruition really mm, yeah it's super exciting my thanks there to Matt from True Layer. Great to have him as a guest on the podcast. And of course, there are plenty of other episodes of Open Banking Expo Unplugged for you to wrap your ears around. Just go to the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com. Thanks very much for listening today. And I'll see you back here again soon for another podcast. Goodbye for now.